This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Nice camera action. World, welcome in to Moneyline on a beautiful Sunday morning in studio with none other than my partner in grind, the statistician at Josh Jordan 97.5 is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan, what's going on, Jerry? Happy Sunday, my man. Anything interesting happened this weekend? <laughs> I guess we could say that uh-huh. a lot of things have been happening in the basketball world and college basketball to be exact. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. But first, let's get the man behind the glass. The guy that keeps up is, uh, keeps us in line, keeps us jamming from 10 to noon every single Sunday at Clutch City Cam is where you can find him on Twitter. Cam! What's up, players? What's going on, Cam? Did you have a nice weekend, my man? You know, I did. I uh, I got to see my first Astros game of the 2019 season, and they uh, they won last night 6-0. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. You never want to go to a game where they lose because then you just blame yourself for the rest of the year. So... Uh, pretty yeah, pretty good weekend. You must be their lucky charm, right? They finally got the bats going yesterday. You know, uh, being being Irish, I would assume that um, I have a little leprechaun luck in me. <laughs> um, you know, I'd like to think that every time I also wear my Rockets jerseys, um, we're seven and one in those those instances. So maybe I do have a bit of good luck. If only it would just translate to the relationship life. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> I see what you're doing there. No, it's funny how we do that, right? Where Do you have like a jersey that you wear sometimes, Jerry? Like your lucky jersey for your team or anything like Unfortunately, that? Unfortunately, I have too many of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just... I'm a I'm a nervous wreck during games. I'm just switching spots, telling <laughs> telling friends to switch. Like last time you were here, man, and they did this. People are just they they tell me I make them nervous during games. They're really? like, man, you make me you give me anxiety. I'm like, well, imagine what I feel like. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. If you want to get in on the show, you can give us a text as well. We'll uh, make sure we get to any kind of questions you have gambling wise. If you were bad beat, if you were a part of that Auburn ending last night. I want to see your view on it because the game ended on a crazy foul. Depending on what ticket you were holding is the way that you're going to view this. And I'm not going to sit here and beat my chest saying, man, I, I knew it. I knew it was going to end that way. But I knew to take the money line at halftime instead of that spread. And that spread would have killed you. So I'll take props on that. I ate the minus 145 and took just a just flat-out win. If you would have took the spread, it would have been by the minus two at halftime making you a loser. So... It's just little things like that, and we always talk about on the show about picking your spots for live sure. gambling and whatnot, and the whole talk going into this weekend as far as these games was the amount of money, public money, getting poured into Auburn, and that's what kept that line going five, five and a half, six. Before tip-off, a lot of places had it at six. I wasn't so much comfortable at that six no more, so my thing, or my theory was let's. I lost the value, or or I didn't get to the value I wanted, let's say, so... Let's pass, and if the value rises at one point throughout this game, we'll take it. Once that halftime ended up, that that first half ended up like that, and it told you you could take them at minus 145 
money line for the game rather than to what they were as six point favorites pregame, then that was all I needed to know. And that's when you take them and, and the rest is history. But again, I'm not. They say that 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 we're, we're going to use it a lot. It's better to be lucky than good. Sure, someone came up with that for a reason, and it's and that, that cliche <laughs> uh, you call it that if you want to, but we call it being lucky sometimes. And sometimes we're on the right side and we get unlucky, and yeah. and that those aren't remembered. So tap yourself on the back if you did if you had Virginia uh, uh, money line. If you didn't, don't hurt, don't don't be down on yourself. You you dominated that game. You again. Why didn't you hit it if you had Virginia at halftime? I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Auburn at halftime. Why didn't you hit it pregame when you could get the six? You know what I mean? If you lost with Auburn ticket on that particular game, then it's because you waited till halftime too late. But a lot of, I posted that uh, that bet, and people were telling me, man, you must not like money. Some guy was trolling me. <laughs> you must not like money. You didn't see the first half. The, uh, Auburn shot bad from the three, and they're still winning. I'm like, yeah, and Virginia played bad as well, and they're only down a few points. So... What are you telling me? You know what I mean. So sure. it, it's it's whatever ticket your hand in your hand is what makes you. It'll give you a crazy view on games. It Absolutely, makes you, yeah. It makes you uh, not see anything else other than you want to see a winner in your ticket. No doubt about it. And you get like that with you know football. You're like, oh, why is he calling that play? You know, I I need offense here at the end of the game. And you, you know, you start you're critical of every move that goes against that ticket in your hand. And that's just the nature of it. Right. But you said something pretty interesting. Uh, RJ Bell had an interesting take on the end of this game, right? Why don't you tell tell everybody about that? So that's what's going on around right now. RJ uh, dropped uh, basically a video. He has a show and uh, they had actually a video of the actual segment, him and Fezzik going back and forth. And he, you know, Fezzik, he asked him, Steve Fezzik to be exact. He's asked him, why is it that you're not betting against or putting your money on Auburn? Although you're sitting here pounding your chest about him, he's just like, man, I don't think that the referees and the way the NCAA is going to do, something's going to happen in this game. They, and they and they predicted it, I guess, it, it hit right where they said it. They said something in this game is going to happen that is going to allow Virginia to, to advance. There's no way that NCAA is going to let Auburn win this game. And... Then the game plays out like that. There was a double dribble in that sequence right before that three pointer. Which, if it's called there, Auburn goes to the gets the ball, gets gets fouled, and gets to the free throw line already up two, which could have pro- pretty much sealed the game. So we'll never know. But I posted it last night, and and it, I mean, yeah, it sounds easy to say last night because people, were, I'll never forget the free throw. But right before that three pointer, Auburn could have gone up three, and they missed the free throw. They missed the second free throw of the of the two. So. You, you can only blame yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. Yes, the referees didn't call the double dribble. Yes, the, 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 that might it's a questionable call to end the game. Yes, we understand all that. But hit that free throw. And as simple as it sounds, hit the free throw. And, and at, at the least, you're going to overtime. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, as a defender, with 1.5 seconds or whatever, one point, let's, say, let's call it under two seconds on an inbound pass, you know that they're going to catch a shoot. The guy gets it on, the, on that baseline. On the corner, you're going to jump into him? The, the referee explained it as jumping from point A to B, and it, it, he moved actual spots from where he, 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 he launched to where his landing spot was, and that's why it's considered a foul. Charles Barkley, after the game, the biggest Auburn guy, sure. said, you know what, it is. It is a foul, and, and if, even if it isn't, we can't make those kind of plays. You can't put yourself in that position. So it's just 
it's it's basketball though. This yeah. is this is it's a high variance game. It's it's a five point game, six point game with a minute left. Nothing said to be done there. It's it's still open and and here we are. So we got to get past it though. And and just like Auburn guys, just like Virginia, both guys have their point. No doubt about it. And most of these games have been pretty tight. You know, last week the Duke uh, the Duke game was pretty close, and it's been a pretty exciting tournament, man. So. I don't know. Did you see what uh, all the Texas Tech fans were doing? Oh, man. <laughs> Did you see that, Cam? They're setting fires and flipping cars over in Lubbock. They're losing their minds. That, that was all over all over my Twitter timeline last night was just the, the riots in Tech because, you know, I, I have a lot of friends that went to Tech. Cody Stutz, our boy, went to Tech. Uh, my sister, actually, younger sister, goes to Tech now, too. So, I uh, mean, I caught everything, flipping cars, burning things. I mean, it's just... <laughs> I mean, it's it's obviously stupid, but can you blame them? I mean, there's nothing to do in Lebeck. The football team been kind of disappointing, and here their basketball team, who has been underrated all year, they've been very, very good team. But I don't think anybody really gave them a chance, and here they are, you know, one win away from my, I want to say their first national championship in basketball. Um, so I mean, I'm, I would probably be down there getting a little <laughs> crazy with them too. <laughs> and let's be honest, though, uh, to. Just, just the sound of this. Let's just let it let it sink in. Texas Tech Red Raiders yeah. in the national championship game on Monday night. It's crazy. For all the marbles. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's much much props to any Red Raider fans out there listening. Hey, props to you. Enjoy the moment. It's you and to beat, say, a Michigan State. You know, whenever you yeah. saw this matchup, and I'll be honest, you know, I didn't give it out as a public play. I, I, I thrive on telling y'all honesty and transparency. Whether I win or lose, call me a winner or loser, but don't call me a cheater. You know what I mean? And I had Michigan State on a private play yesterday. I gave out Virginia publicly. So as far as all you guys know, I'm a winner yesterday, but I had a big play on Michigan State. I lost. And sometimes when you see these games and you replay them in your head, you say, hey, I was on the wrong side, uh, the right, uh, right side, and I just didn't get the breaks or this. No, I was on the wrong side all the way around. Texas Tech, uh, AJ put it yesterday. Uh, he t- he posted and he said this was the worst possible matchup for the for Texas Tech because Michigan State can move the ball around. They have a they have a good a great point guard that doesn't turn it over and catches. They had everything to beat them. A great coach that could eventually figure out how to beat that defense, and still, never throughout that game did you think, man, I, it was. It, I had Michigan State, and I was chasing. We finally got within one point, and I said, man, they Texas Tech blew this. I can't believe they let us back in this, and they picked it up and went on a big run. I just liked the way they treated their star Culver. He had a bad, bad game. Say the worst game of the tournament, and at the end of the game, when they went down and they needed to trust someone, they they didn't. The ball never left his hand. He brought it up the court. He held the ball, waited till the shot clock went down, and then stepped back, busted a three, and that's what ended up blowing the game open even more. So it just much props to the Red Raiders. They're the best defensive team. I always resort to Ken Palm whenever uh, that's a that's a that's a tool that a lot of handicappers use. It gives you offensive rating, defensive ratings, pace. It gives you luck. It gives you a little bit of everything, out-of-conference schedules, ratings, everything. Uh, they're the best defensive-rated team in the history of Ken Palm. 2000, since 2002, the database goes back. So that just goes to show you the defense intensity that this team plays with. And when you play like that and you're going up against Virginia, a team that plays the similar style, Anything is possible. The spread entails that it's basically it's it's a one one bucket game as far as it open. I'm not. I haven't looked at it this morning. 
Yeah, what? Who's who's favorite? It was one and a half Michigan State, I believe. And let me, I, I went to sleep before, right when the game was over, so I didn't get to catch it. We'll, uh, if, I'll give if, you an updated on that. Well, I was going to say, if we're talking favorite in the Tech Virginia game, um, it's Virginia. It's Virginia. Yeah. Do you know what the line's at? Have we looked well, yet? Uh, we can no. look that up. I do not know. Do you have any- yeah, Virginia's favorite. Which it's a crazy story for Virginia too, because if we forget, or we don't forget, Virginia last year got absolutely just murdered, like one of the worst losses in March Madness history. Um, on their way to you know trying to win a championship, and here they are bouncing back and one win away too. So pretty pretty good stories for both these teams. No doubt. Do you have an early thought on this game, Jerry? Have you even broke it down yet? Man, it's so tough because how do you how do you uh, the deep? I want to say under. Now the under opened up that one eighteen one nineteen range, which is the lowest ever hmm. in a title game by about ten points. Wow! So it's telling you. First team to 60 wins the national title. Yeah. And that's that leaves you no room for error. Okay, yeah, so it, I saw one and a half last night. Now it's at one. Virginia minus one, minus 115. So it's basically a picket. Yeah. To think that Texas Tech would be in a national championship game and not just say, man, they're big underdogs. That's crazy. You can. <laughs> that's just crazy. Uh, yeah. I hope they win it just for the sake of, of being here in Texas and having a lot of Texas Tech fan, uh, friends that, that love the school. And I have a little story during this show. Uh, there's a there's a guy here from Houston I know, and uh, it's a funny story with April Fools <laughs> yeah. around. Just stick if you're a Texas Tech guy and you want to hear a funny stories, stick around because I got a funny story for you guys. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get to that a little later in the show. Uh, the one thing uh, we haven't talked about yet is uh, the AF Jerry. The let, AF. Let me wipe these tears. There's a funeral going on. Let's hear about it. On the other side, we've got to be the champs, right? We're uh, seven one, and the next teams are five and three. So, something you start but uh in this case we already knew that it was uh some things being held above our heads and we're just trying to uh, do our part so uh, uh we started the season wanting to win the last championship and if they declare a champ uh, hopefully these guys will be declared champ because they certainly are deserving seven game champs well, I don't even know where to start. I started reading into this, and I saw one guy said that his credit card got hit up for $2,500 from the hotel that he was staying at in the midst of all this, and he didn't even have that money. He's getting the call from his bank basically saying, hey, you have this wild charge coming through. Do you know anything about it? And he happens to look, and he, well, why is my hotel not getting paid for? <laughs> Some guy's saying they're getting back to their hotel, and their stuff was in the lobby. This is just bad. I mean, in life, things happen. Yes, uh, you get terminated. You get, you know, you get fired. Companies go under. But you just don't see it in this form and fashion in in the sports, professional sports world. And they didn't even make it through the first year. No. Where were you when you found out the AAF was... uh... (laughs) Folding up shop. I'm sure we all remember exactly where we were. I was eating cheese enchiladas. <laughs> I was on the bike at 24 hours and just got a, an alert and was like, knew it. 
Knew it. <laughs> Knew it. <laughs> yep. I'm not surprised at all about this. And what we have like the two memories, right? Where we <laughs> have the quarterback getting smashed with his helmet popping off. And then, uh, of course, we have the backwards pass, right? That's that, when I checked out. Yeah. That was officially the last play. I ever saw the AF whenever that that backwards throw, and I said, this is too much for me. Christian Hackenberg, one of the best passes he's actually thrown in the last few years, believe it or not. But those are like the only memories I really have of the AF, man. And you have to wonder with the XFL, you know, still planning on going ahead with this thing. They got to be thinking twice a little bit. It This did not work, and it happened pretty fast. And that's hilarious. They couldn't even pay for the guy's hotel rooms. This this might be a best a blessing in disguise, though, because this was probably an, an inevitable, right? This was going to happen at one point or another, you would think. And a lot of these guys are getting shots in the NFL. The yeah. CFL scooped in real quick because a lot of these guys left the CFL. Now CFL's like that ex-girlfriend, like, oh, you thought, thought you didn't want me. Mm-hmm. I thought you didn't like me no more. <laughs> well, now, they, now they're taking back the, 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 one, the, the cream of the crop, I guess you could say. Yeah. And some guys that, that you didn't think – that's why they entered this league. Let's 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 be honest. They entered this league hoping that they could get a shot maybe at the at the NFL again, and and some of them accomplished that. <laughs> so. and Johnny Manziel just like cursed himself, right? He gets himself thrown out of the Canadian League, and then the second he comes over to the AAF, they go under. So he needs to be done. Yeah. <laughs> that was planned. They're trying to throw my boy as a scapegoat. That was planned. Bring him over. We're already failing. <laughs> Make him the poster child of it. Man, I. It's going to be interesting, though, with the XFL. Like, I could, if Johnny goes and plays in the XFL, maybe in, like, Bob Stoops, like, his system in Dallas, I think uh, Stoops is coaching the Dallas team. That might be kind of interesting. You know, Manziel and that Oklahoma high-flying offense, kind of like we saw Kyler Murray in this year. People might actually watch that. But that's the problem, right? They need a couple guys people have heard of. Well, uh, another thing that's come out during this whole shindig, this whole thing going down, Basically, people are saying, why have it out of football season? Why not throw it, this these supplemental leagues, on a Tuesday, Wednesday? So whenever you, you're done watching Monday Night Football, you have games the following days rather than having it on the offseason. That's a, that's a big thing that's come out, and a lot of people are wondering whether the XFL should have done it that form. But the XFL's got a lot more structure to it, and having failed before from up top, yeah, they know. I don't think that he's just jumping back in to throw money away again. Don't get me wrong; it very well could be that way. But there's a method to the madness, and uh, I think that the AF might have helped him a little bit more and seeing other people's mistakes. That's a, that's a rule in life. Like, yeah. watch somebody else fall down, and you're going to figure out how to not fall the same way they did. This is the second time watching somebody try to go up against the, and that's what shows you that, that how, how how much king NFL is and how much football is king. Just period. It is, and it shows you like fantasy football matters. That gets eyeballs on games, and you're, you're not drafting an AAF team. Remember, we joked about you know putting one together, but nobody's going to actually do that and, and follow through with it. So, yeah, fantasy football's made a big difference for the NFL, man. You know, it really has. Speaking of big differences, someone that made a big difference this offseason in a trade, but things might not be as peachy. As they sound in that locker room. We'll talk about it when we get back. It's Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline 97.5.
Welcome back to Moneyline. Nipsey Hustle in the background. Rest in peace. We lost a soldier. We lost someone that meant a lot to to the rap community and everything else uh, outside of that as well. Not just someone that 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 was to any specific type of person. I know that Cam right here was a big big fan of Nipsey Hustle, and uh, we thought that we'd just come back with his music right off the right off the breaker just to show a little bit of respect. And uh, anybody out there who's mourning over the loss, we're with you on this one. No doubt, man. It's uh, that's a shame, man. I and I heard I, I think James was kind of close with them. I think he missed practice the other day for the Rockets. And so. that goes to show you, like uh, the 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 feedback that everybody's giving. You know, like you got people that didn't even know him that that say, "Man, he changed my life." And you're seeing all the real videos of him coming around. Just a a guy that that was trying to give back to the neighborhood, and you hear that a lot, but people aren't actually out there doing it. You know what I mean? And the reason you didn't hear about him is because he wasn't out there fronting on it, saying, "Hey, this is me." But now that he's dead, you see that he, uh, I mean, just he had like a stores that you know he had like a shopping center. He had stores where he would make upcoming rappers work. So just then, you know, the the upcoming rapper nowadays doesn't want to work. He feels like, "Hey, man, you know, I'm an upcoming star." He had these guys working because they were felons and they couldn't get jobs. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And stuff like that and like i said he he was a guy that one time released a thousand cds at a hundred bucks a piece instead of releasing them all sold them all out pre-sold them all out jay-z bought a hundred of the thousand he ended up making x amount of dollars more than at the time giving it to a streaming service would give him 0.07 of a cent for each stream so just stuff like that he was ahead of his game you know what i mean and he he lived by that and just again once again rest in peace and uh it's it was it was sad to see that news, no doubt about it, man. Uh, you kind of teased something on on the the last break. It was uh, about the Cleveland Browns, right? Yeah, we got some news around the NFL. A bunch of a bunch of stuffs going on. Let's go ahead and jump into it now. Around the NFL, what's happening? The biggest news of this off season, I would say, arguably, but I'm not going to argue it. If someone argues that. Odell Beckham going to the Browns didn't surprise you more than anything, then they're probably lying to you because yeah. this changed the, the 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 whole league. I mean, they're one of the favorites out of the AFC now. I believe third favorite to to come out of the AFC for whatever reason. I don't believe that, but you know how that goes. What is it a matter of time before rumblings start coming out? And talk is this week that OBJ wanted to really go to the Rams and People like Colin Coward is saying are saying that he's not happy there, and he's just that this is kind of a front. And we know that the Coward, uh, Coward and uh, Mayfield have somewhat of a history. Yeah. How long is it before we really hear some stuff going on? Because they had a press conference this week, and it was uh, Miles Garrett, Beckham, Landry, and Mayfield, and they acted like they were a. Uh, 
a happy little family, but it was almost too much. Yeah. What was it that they said about uh, Landry crying whenever yeah. he, he when he heard about the trade? Him and Freddie Kitchens were crying together, and were you saying something about how Odell and Jarvis Facetime each other every day? Yeah, or so they start saying, <laughs> "Man, I believe Beckham looks at him and he, I don't believe I was that great. I, I was the the." The, as best of a friend I could be with you, not being able to be with you every day, even, although we FaceTime daily <laughs> whenever they were, uh, you know, on separate teams. And I'm thinking, like, did this really happen or or or, or are they just putting on this front? Because I, I don't FaceTime anybody daily no. or, or, or much less call them daily, much less uh, imagine just someone in the in an NFL life. They got things to do. So they what they would make sure they put to, uh, aside 10 minutes. But, sure. Hey, everyone. Oh, 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 Beckham, Odell's calling, you know, Odell's calling right now. I just don't see that. And then you got Baker there sitting there like, while, while those two guys are giving each other dap, he's like, see, I told y'all everything's, everything's, everything's lovely everything's around great. here. Everything's great. Yeah. He's going to, what are they going to get another RV this year uh, for the pre for the training camp? They're going to need a real big one for Beckham's head. No doubt about it. It's just strange, right? Like FaceTiming with another dude every single day. Like, how about just a text message? Like, that, that's good, man. I, I don't need the FaceTime. I don't even FaceTime my mom. Yeah. I don't know. Something's kind of weird there. And Odell's already kind of got that reputation in the league, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Quote, quote Colin Coward. Nobody would just say the truth. Odell Beckham's not happy there. He's not happy. Look at him. Does he look happy? uh, Mayfield bites back with, come to Cleveland and ask O if he actually like it. You Just because you say that you have a source doesn't mean you're not full of BS. And while you're at it, come see if I'm a baby. Man. Look, I can't I can't blame anybody for maybe wanting to play for the Rams instead of the Browns, if that's even true. Who wouldn't want to live in L.A. and be on a team that just went to the Super Bowl? But, and I mean, Cleveland, no offense, people from Cleveland. I can't imagine it's like a destination where people are just in a rush to move to. But Cowherd's been, he's been in this kind of stuff quite a bit lately. Yeah, and, and also as far as Mayfield, though, this isn't what you want to seek from a, a young guy. It seems like he's getting away with a lot. Remember when he uh, the stare down on Hugh Jackson last yeah. year? It's just don't get me wrong. That's who he's always been, and you knew what you were getting. And, and some people like it. Some people like to have the little spiciness from your quarterback. But I think at this age and, and with everything going on, I need him concentrated on other things other than what social media is saying about him, or or again going up with Colin Coward or, or anything like that. Just the, just leave it alone. And, and people can deal with the spiciness and appreciate that as long as you're putting up stats and winning a little bit. Because we kind of saw a little bit of similarity with Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel had a, had a decent run a decent, decent, smaller run in Cleveland, and people were putting up with some of his shenanigans on and off the field. But as soon as he started losing and, and was getting benched, that's when everybody was done with him. And I'm not comparing Johnny to Baker. I think Baker's way more of a better NFL player than Johnny. But, you know, the sophomore slump, if, it, you know, if he does have a sophomore slump and he's running his gums, you know, people are going to get fired up, especially in Cleveland where they've waited 70,000 years to, you know, be relevant again. And so he's just got to be careful with it. No, I agree. You don't... You don't want your franchise quarterback in the news, you know, hardly ever for any reason, unless Especially they're throwing touchdowns. Talking. Yeah. Especially trash-talking coaches, because, I mean, if, if he's doing that with Hugh Freeze, what's to say he's not going to do it, you know, with the, with, the, with the new coach or the coach after that, you know? And with media personalities, it's like you can't win there if you're the athlete. You know, you just let it go. And I started to say, this is what you don't want out of a young one. That's why these veteran guys, you don't see it, uh, see it as often on the offseason. But this week... News coming out of Green Bay. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is 
it was told not to be a problem. And let's start right there. Yeah. How much of this talk coming out of Green Bay as far as, I mean, because we knew that Rodgers might have a little something in his bag, but it doesn't really get let out. And we knew when McCarthy was was gone, it, we knew it was a Rodgers thing. Yeah. But now we're getting word, and now it's becoming a problem. Now they're saying his diva-like ways. This week, there, there's going to be talk, and the news is going to come out. The truth is going to come out. But somewhere along this, when there's smoke, there's fire, right? It has to be. It has to What be. are your thoughts about all this talk with Aaron Rodgers? Well, it kind of makes sense now, right? Do you remember when like him and Olivia Munn were kind of breaking up, and then you know she was talking about he's not close with his family at all? Like... You know, him and his brother and his parents, they're not, they don't really talk anymore. So we've kind of heard these kind of weird rumblings with Aaron. And I didn't ever get the impression he liked Mike McCarthy. As a fan, as a fantasy football fan, I don't like Mike McCarthy. I just didn't think he was that good at his job. You know, I, I didn't. I just felt like he was kind of a meathead. And it seems like Aaron kind of thinks the same thing. And there's rumors of him, you know, trashing all the play calling and, and calling other plays and him not being happy. And, and they didn't exactly go out and get – you know, the most coveted coach in the world for Aaron to play with. You know what I mean? It's not like they got a, a big name and guy. And LaFleur you're saying now? Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, you know, what was he, and an they offensive didn't coordinator let, for the Titans? And they didn't even let him know. Uh, right. And another thing here is that the McCarthy, that the pettiness that Rodgers has carried ever since whenever McCarthy drafted Alex Smith back in the day yeah. and made Rodgers sit throughout that whole draft that's where this a lot of it stemmed from. A lot of people say that he never let that down because he had to sit. And we're talking about, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, somewhere around 05. Like, it's a long time, let's say. And to hold a grudge that long, and, and, and now the people say, though, that's a strong thing of his. He, he made him sit throughout that because, remember, they drafted Alex Smith. They took and, it, yeah, and he was, what, the OC with the 49ers exactly, at the time. And, and he came out and publicly stated that he felt that, that Alex Smith was the better quarterback at the time. And they say he's always played with that chip on his shoulder. But now you have CEO Mark Murphy coming out, and the talk is that he, he texted Rodgers, don't be a problem whenever yeah. accessing the new coach hire and the way things are going to go down. No one's come out. Usually when something gets said like this, someone comes out and said, man, that's not true. Not one person has said it nope. didn't happen. Just what we haven't addressed it yet. No, there's something going on there, man. And it doesn't look good for Aaron. I'm telling you, I know that sounds kind of obvious, but, you know, he was the darling. And, you know, just a year or two ago, people were putting him up there with Tom Brady and maybe he's even better than Brady. And you don't hear much of that anymore. You know, and now you hear all this stuff behind the scenes. Of course, we heard about what Brady and Belichick feuding all last off season, and how you know Belichick wanted Brady out of there, and then they just go and and win a Super Bowl, and that talk's kind of gone away. So, you know, as long as Aaron comes out and has a good year, I'm sure everything will be fine. But he didn't have a very good year last year. You no. know, he needs to come out and and be the old Aaron Rodgers or. It's going to look like his skills are starting to diminish. I mean, this Green Bay team's always been real kind of weird to me. They've 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 obviously been talented because Aaron Rodgers, but they've they've always they've never had a, I feel like a ton of great players, and yet they're they're always getting the playoffs and they're never making that second jump. You know, they've never been able to find a consistent run game. The secondary's been horrible for a long time. They keep on old players, and for a while I felt like Aaron Rodgers could get away with some stuff because he was the reason why they were winning, and a lot of it didn't have to do with McCarthy. But now that he still hasn't made that hump and he's not doing what Tom Brady's doing because look, Tom Brady will take average. If you look at roster, average, average roster and win a Super Bowl with him. 
And I feel like people expected that out of Aaron Rodgers, and it hasn't happened in forever. And so now I feel like his time's kind of wrapping up in Green Bay, too. Well, also, I believe Bleacher Report's Tyler Dunn is the one that reported it about Mike McCarthy getting massages. <laughs> you know, and did he? Uh, is, I saw what that. is going on here? You know what I mean? We're getting massages instead of team meetings. And again, whenever there's smoke, there's fire. McCarthy's coming out saying that's untrue, and there's people more than one backing it saying, yes, it was. That's hilarious because from what I read, it was like the days they were installing the offense. Like when you think the coach would need to be there and he's up in his office getting massages. I mean, that's just not a good look, especially after all the Robert Kraft stuff. Nobody wants to be associated with massages, even if you just have a sore neck and it's something that innocent. Tyler Dunn wrote for the Bleacher Report about once a week, a meeting would start up. McCarthy was MIA. Players weren't quite sure where he was a while. For example, an assistant coach would run the team's final prep on Saturday before a game at many times. (laughs) That's not a good sign. It, it, I just never thought McCarthy was that good, and turns out I was justified. It's nice to be right, but I mean, just think about that: getting massages in your office like you couldn't have just scheduled that for like twenty minutes later. Like, why then? Not caring. No, yeah, it looks like he doesn't care. And man, if you had Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, you're like, man, he's going to take care of everything. Let Aaron take care of this. And man, it's uh, it's pretty funny. This has been a good off season for just random weird stuff in the NFL. A bad off season for one Josh Rosen, but. I salute this man. He's going to show up this week, right? <laughs> yeah. But showing up, how's that locker room this week? Hey, what's up, man? Coming with the high fives, doing doing the dances that you learned last last year with your offensive lineman, the, the handshake pop, and he doesn't do it nope. with you. You're like, what's wrong? He's yeah. already got a new handshake. Yeah. He hadn't, he hadn't shown it they to you yet, They give you that though. cold shoulder. They just turn around like, you, you smell yourself. Did I fart? I mean, what's going on? I just, the question to me here is, how much of the NFL? How much does the NFL have to do with the prolonging of what's going to happen here? Because we know that on draft night, in a perfect world, nothing is known, so everything is up to the imagination. But whenever teams come out and make all these moves before, and you know who's going one, it takes so much out of the draft, right? It does. And they're trying to. I've read many places that the NFL wants to make it uh, uh, how how it was like a complete surprise, like oh my gosh! But last year it was a little wild the way the the I mean gambling odds changed within thirty six hours of that completely to where you knew Baker was going. You know what I mean? Oh he yeah. Went, he went from a, a an underdog to a massive massive favorite right before that draft went to where everyone knew. Now if the Cardinals were to go ahead and start seeking trades, even just seeking them, not even making them, that goes to tell you who they're going first. So a lot of people are saying that the NFL somehow has their hands stuck in this, like, man, do us that solid, please. Like, Don't ruin this magical night for us. It's true. And remember a couple of years ago, they started asking guys like Adam Schefter to not tweet out what the picks were going to be because people were pretty much watching the draft on their phones. They were just refreshing their timelines on Twitter instead of actually watching the draft. So they've tried to clean that up a little bit. But, you know, once you get to the point where you know what you're going to do with the number one pick, if you're going to take a guy and you're not going to trade it, it doesn't matter at that point if you let people know who you're taking. It's, it's that area where... If you are willing to make a trade, then you don't want to leak out who you want to take. Yeah, because on, honestly, I, I feel like for for the, the fans and the teams that aren't associated with that exact pick, they kind of want to know 
what the pick is going to be in advance so that they can kind of get their mind prepped for what are the possible picks for, for, for their team even quicker. So, I mean... What? It's, it it's is a, a double-edged sword, though, because do yeah. you want to do these other teams that favor? Like, just think about it in fantasy football. Whenever they set out the before, when they say, "Hey, this is the draft order," and then you know your buddy's one and two, and you're like, "Okay, I know he's going to get sure, and I know who he's going to get." So these that leaves me this area of players, and if we relate that to, to to real life football, that's what you can do. You're saying, "Okay," as soon as they say Kyler. Then everything else is a domino effect from there. People are going to start trying to trade up. It it, it it changes the whole thing because that's when people are other. Everyone's waiting to see what they're going to do, and, and I just feel that's unfair on on Rosen as, as well. And uh, he needs to get to a team, know where he's going to be, know start getting uh, acumen. Like he needs to be a part of something. It's someone's going to get lucky with him. And as stupid as that sounds, somebody can burn me at me if you want to on it. But I just really think that he's going to go for so much cheaper than what he's really worth coming off uh, being drafted high a year before, you know? And have we seen that? Like, nothing comes to mind where a quarterback is taken in the first round and he's traded the exact next year. It's just crazy, and that's why it's like you think of Murray and you're saying, is this really a a one-in-a-lifetime kind of a chance that I have to take? Because if if Rosen falls in the right hand, say he gets to sit behind a Brady and just yeah. chill for the next two years, however long the the ageless one lasts, and, and and then he learns from that. I mean, what can he be? What can he be under a system? Can he be a system quarterback? He might. I mean, he's a pretty talented dude. That's why he got drafted in the first round. But he's another one of those guys where you kind of hear he's kind of got an attitude. So, you know, that might be a, a tough fit there, too, because you don't want to trade for somebody that didn't play that well, and you hear they're kind of a pain in the ass. We have... Josh's mock draft was released earlier this week. We're going to jump into that. I'm real curious curious as far as uh, who who do you have? Because a lot when you come to this time, you have a lot of guys dropping mocks. And all it takes is one pick on your mock to be wrong, obviously, for the rest to be wrong, right? Because then uh, that guy's gone and it trickles down. But I want to talk to you as far as group of players or maybe defensive positions or whatever whatever phase of a team that, that they're short on is what I want to get to here. Not just only exact players. So we're going to get into that as far as a little bit of winning picks. We haven't dropped nothing thus far. We're almost a, an hour into the show and I haven't dropped the winner. Stay tuned. It's coming here. It's Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. Hey, write songs for my dog, for my squad, for my heart. How we won, how we lost, how we came, how we saw through it all. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. How we won or how we lost, like Nipsey said it, stick together. We'll never lose that way here on Moneyline. Josh Jordan, Clutch City Cam, my man Hector, at Jerry Bowe knows what a Z. Let's get into your mock draft some. You released it this week. I see we got a caller. He's got a Texans draft question. Hopefully we can answer it here. If not, we're going to take the call shortly after. Stay on hold for us, please. But 
Overall, what what did you? Okay, so up top has to fall right for the the bottom of it to make sense, right? So where did you start? What are your strongest thoughts of how this draft plays out? I think it's uh, pretty obvious, right, for the Texans. It's got to be an offensive lineman or a corner. That's what makes the most sense. We saw how bad they were in the secondary last year. Jonathan Joseph's another year older. They lose Kareem Jackson. They lose the Honey Badger. Now Andre Howell retires out of nowhere. So now they're even more thin at that position. So, and I think it's just tackle is such a need. I I feel like if there's a tackle there worth taking, I'm going to take him. So my first draft, I had him taking Greedy Williams, the corner out of LSU. And uh, the second draft, I had him, my mock 2.0, I had him taking Greg Little, the offensive tackle out of Ole Miss. And uh, this time I shook it up a little bit. And uh, I gave him Dalton Reisner, the Kansas State tackle, and he's more of a right tackle. But I just don't feel like there's a left tackle that's really worthy of pick number 23 in the first round for the Texans. And, and I look at their situation, and I feel like – I know Davenport wasn't that good at all last year for the Texans at left tackle, but Sontrell Henderson, like, he got hurt in, like, the first game or so. You know, like, he's a guy that hasn't played much football. You know, Chantrell, he's – He's been hurt all the time, and I just don't feel like you can count on him. And, you know, if he works out and is finally healthy, then great. But I'm just kind of at the point where the Texans need both. They need a left tackle and they need a right tackle. So whoever's the actual better prospect is who I drafted for him. So this time I went with a K-State right tackle. And you remember when we had Eric Winston and the right tackle spot was actually a good thing for the Texans? Maybe we can get that kind of stability with this pick, and then they can address corner. And I think they take another tackle in the later rounds as well. Well, that's certainly what needs to be addressed. I'm tired of being a Band-Aid type team. We need to put something that, that that's not just a fix, a patch, and hopefully we can get that. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, You know, I'm excited for them. I, I think this is the year, but, but they better hit. They got to hit in this draft because they didn't do much. Khalil in free agency, that doesn't get me very excited. When he played, he wasn't even that great. So I think he's just kind of a, a guy to compete with Davenport. So they got to get some talent in here. And uh, I'm looking forward to what they do, man. Yeah, me as well. Now, up top, how do you have it playing out as far as how many quarterbacks? A lot of people are saying there might be. It was a long gap. I believe 16, 19 years before there were five quarterbacks in the first round. Last year, we saw a big first round for quarterbacks. How do you see it playing out this year? For me, I'm, I'm going a little less than a lot of uh, the other, you know, mock draft guys, whatever you want to call them, the pundits. Uh, I think there's going to be three in the first round. So I'm just, you know, obviously looking at Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, and I think Drew Locke also goes. And I kind of shook it up this year. I put, uh, and tell me if you think this is interesting. I had the Bengals taking Drew Locke at 11. You know, Andy Dalton's on the last year of his contract. You know, I, I don't think that they have a lot of faith in him, and I don't think they should. So why not grab you know, the, the the best quarterback on your board, at least at that point, I think he'll be the top quarterback on the board there at 11. So I kind of shook it up. I got the Bengals taking a quarterback there at 11. And I think that'll be the last one of the round. We'll see. I also heard, you know, Lance Zerline talking on his show the other day. And, and he said he's hearing that, you know, the, the Giants might actually not be looking at a quarterback. You know, a lot of people have them tied to Dwayne Haskins. And, 
he's hearing that the Giants don't really like him that much and that he could actually fall a lot of spots. For me, I just think it's kind of a smokescreen. You know, the Giants are just kind of putting that out there because, you know, all this stuff about Eli is going to keep playing and we're happy about that. And I don't buy that. I think that's what you tell people if you want a quarterback is you tell them that you're happy with the quarterback you have so that people can't jump in front of you and take that quarterback by trading up. And as far as betting props, as far as the line, Dwayne Haskins over five and a half uh, is the pick. Will he go under? So basically, will be he be in the top five or will he go after? And that's where it lands. Minus 250 on the over. So they're saying that he will go over five and a half. I've got him at pick six right there to the Giants. So that that's where I have him, too. I, I think he gets taken there. You know how it is every year. We think quarterbacks are going to last and last and last, and then all of a sudden people start trading up, right? And they just they come flying off the draft boards. So I think as we get closer to the draft, it gets a little you know closer to April 28th, I, I think these quarterbacks are going to be flying up these mock drafts. And now, as far as teams uh, favored to get them, obviously the Giants. Then you got Oakland, Washington, and Denver right behind them. I just, it's just crazy to think that, uh, well, can there really be five? Because it's going to play out. Another thing, uh, people ask, how can you make money off of predicting some of the things in the draft? Go over to my bookie. They're going to have all types of props going off. That's where we'll be guessing whether there'll be four and a half, five quarterbacks. That I'm guessing the number's going to get set at about four and a half to make sure because the talk is five. A lot of them are saying five, but now that, okay, for example, say Haskins draws back, then it's going to be hard to get to that five. You need those guys to go where they're predicted to get to that five. That's a, a high number. We, last year, we saw a lot of that happen, and it's a copycat league, though, and that's what scares me. Whenever one team does something and they have some kind of success, then, then here comes everybody else next year, and you'll have one guy come, spend way too much trying to trade up this year to, to patch a hole. You, that it happens every year. Someone's going to trade up and pay too much. It's just a question of who and when, and if, if, if Haskins, for whatever reason, I think he does go to the Giants, but if he didn't, it's going to mix everything up. It, it is, and Daniel Jones is another quarterback people are looking at. He might go in the first round out of Duke. I don't see it happening right now, but but that could change. And there's other teams that kind of you know address their quarterback situation. You know, do you think the Broncos are going to go grab a quarterback now that they they got Flacco? And you know, you got to see what the Redskins do. You know, they got Case Keenum over there, but I it's don't think he's the answer. It's interesting what you say about Broncos because the Drew Locke over under is set at ten and a half. Pick ten and a half. Under 10.5 is minus 130, slightly favored. And then you got the Broncos. That's where a lot of people are projecting him to maybe slide in there. It's, again, though, it's... And I've got him at 11 going to the Bengals. I just, and you know... Those numbers are sharp. Yeah. You know, I haven't looked at any of that stuff. And, and every year, I do this just kind of for fun because you can just kind of see who's going to land where by, you know, who's good at what position, what a team's need. And a lot of this stuff kind of... It's more obvious than you think it would be. Now, what kills you is when all the trades start happening during the draft. Because, And I'm not projecting any trades in my mock. I feel like it's too early to do that right now. But once those trades start happening and guys start flying off the board, you know, people kind of lose their minds and they want to make sure they get their guy. And It's really hard to predict when all the trades get thrown in the mix. Twice since 2014, a team has moved up to pick number 32 for a quarterback. Making it, I guess, uh, trying to think the mentality, the thought behind that, saying, man, did the first round's over, he still left? I got it. We got to jump up and make a move. And that's happened twice. I, I mean, the, the, it, it's, it, it can very well happen this year. Say one of those five 
uh, is left. Or say, yeah. two, say three of them are gone. Two of them are left. It's, it's, I'm really, really, really curious because you still have guys that uh, like Will Greer. You know what I mean? What about Jared Stidham? Sure. And remember, you know, the Patriots are going to be picking there in that last spot. They pick there a lot because they're the Patriots, right? And what does Bill Belichick like to do? He, he trades back and he collects more draft picks. And here's the other reason why you want to trade into that spot. If you're trading in there to get a quarterback, that means you get the fifth-year option on that guy. So you Huge. get another you get another year of team control when you trade into the first round right there. We, so, you know, that makes sense. We saw the Ravens do it with Lamar Jackson last year. We yep. saw the Vikings trade up for Teddy Bridgewater five years ago as well. It's it's a it's a good strategy. Let's get over to our caller right now. He has a question over the Texas draft. What's going on? You're on Moneyline. Uh, hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, what's going on? So, I was uh, I was listening to you guys. I guess maybe a week or two ago, right? And uh, I think Millennial Cam's too young to remember, right? Bernard Pauler, and uh, when he used to knock the piss out of people, <laughs> and you know. I heard, I heard what you said about the draft, and I know the deficiencies we have we need to address. But what I want to know is, is how long is it going to be, right, until we're like my favorite Houstonian hard rock band, favorite song ever, and we're playing Lights Out defense? <laughs> what, are we going to have a Lights Out defense? Man, once they get that secondary fix, that's, that's the first thing they got to do. <laughs> No doubt about that. Hey, and I'll have you know, I remember who Bernard Pollard is. Okay, because I, I read an article where they said that uh, it, uh, it said that when he hits people, it sounds like he's making grown men squeal like pigs. That's right. Cush Cush ties him up. Bernard Pollard knocks the piss out of him. And you know that's interesting, right? Because Clay Matthews is still in the league. Where's Malaluza? Where's Where's Cush? They're gone. Go back. Look at 2011. Right, we took J.J. Watt, and everybody freaked out. And I don't even remember who we were talking about who we should have picked. But if you go back and you look at that draft class now, Jake Locker, does he still play? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> the, the Hurt Locker, yeah. Saying, I, 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 feel, I feel like Wade Phillips, right, was like an integral part to that defense and the way we played and the way we've utilized J.J. Watt in the past. And, you know, I, just, I don't know how we fix all of that. And, no, that's a good point. And it's 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 the the talents there. Then that's why it makes everything you say it makes sense. And 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 you wait and you want that rock band. It's just something is missing. It's something is missing. And we know that defensive backs this year, the pressures there. It, it to be one of these hard hitting to be a Chicago Bears the last year. They had pressure. They had they they could take the ball away from you. You need it all to work out and. Every every year we go into the season hoping that this is the one, and I hate to be that guy. And everyone knows I'm not a I'm not a Texans diehard. I I I like the team. I'm more of a Steelers guy, but I believe that the chips are on the table right now. You know what I mean? Keeping it to game, and the chips are on the table. And you hear that in a cliche way all the time, but that window is smaller and smaller. The offense is 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 there. It's clicking. I, I guess we'll put up with another year of of. Of, of vanilla Lamar Miller, I guess, you know what I mean? But that defense has got it. They're, they're there. They keep them in games, and I don't – they just need a few pieces, you know what I mean? I don't think the Honey Badger was that. I'm, I'm actually thinking that he's a blessing in disguise to leave. Like, yeah. what he brought, what he thought, what 
what you thought he would bring isn't anywhere close to what he ended up being. And he talked a big game, and that's what made people think, okay, well, maybe let's just keep him on here. No, man, let's let's move things around. Let's move some pieces around and get to where we need to be because that window's getting shorter and shorter. And we all know the way to win now is with a quarterback on that rookie deal, and that window is going to get shorter and shorter. That is, and as far as the defense being pretty good last year, they were pretty good when they didn't play a quarterback that was actually good. You know, once we actually played Andrew Luck and even Eli Manning kind of tore us apart, and that's, you know, the corpse of Eli Manning, that that was the issue. So they got to they fix the secondary because you're going to play good quarterbacks in the playoffs. That's how it works. They allowed the fifth most passing yards as a defense. That's that's not where you want to be. But, again, it's it's it, it, it can be mended. Once you The front is set. I love that front. And, yeah. and, and, and when you have, for example, the Chiefs, when you have a team that could generate pressure, it kind of it kind of masks a little bit whenever you can whenever you can get them into third and long situations or you have an offense so good that you can get ahead that you know that they have to come out in certain offensive formations, then then that's that, that helps you and that's where you need to be. The offense is gonna complement that defense, but again, we need it's just a few pieces. Well, look, and if it you is. want to, if you want to be elite, you have to have you have to have a great player at each level. Yes. At the D line, linebacker, and secondary. So we have all these good players at the front seven but that back four is where it's terrible and it's kind of like the Rams people forget that the Rams had one of the worst rush defenses in the league because all their money was tied into the D-line and the secondary and their linebackers were all way above average and so if you don't have those key pieces at each three level you as good as you are you're not going to be you're not going to be elite like Jacksonville when their defense was number one they had elite players at each level so and yeah offenses can mask that but <laughs> Unfortunately, the Texans don't really have that luxury, so you're going to see that that secondary is just terrible. Third offense, rush, uh, rushing defense, I'm sorry, but then they drop all the way to 28th overall as far as passing. That's a big gap. That's huge. And back to his point about the 2011 draft with J.J. Watt, the guys that the Texans were talking about was Alden Smith, remember? Like, that's where we, oh, yeah, you know, we were thinking yeah. Alden Smith. and Trouble. And, and yeah, he was a great player, but, man, he got in a lot of trouble, so we dodged a bullet there. And then remember the other complaint was that we passed on Nick Fairley. Remember that? Oh, man. And, we took and right JJ after Watt. that big year, he yeah. had. Yeah, I remember that, too. Yeah. I, man, I completely forgot about him. Yep, so Texans dodged a bullet there. They got the best player, so that, that worked out. Yeah, and it's... <laughs> So much, and I don't. I guess it's that's us being a fans, right? Like every sure. year around this time, you're saying, "Man, this is it! Like we have to do this, we have to attack this, we have to mend these problems." But it's set. There's not a question about it. If someone looks at you and says, "Man, we should get a receiver or, or whatever other," they're, they're li- we need offensive line and we need defensive back help. However, we can get it. No doubt. What a great draft, guys. Look at this top 10. Cam Newton, Vaughn Miller, A.J. Green, Patrick Peterson, Julio Jones, Alden Smith, Tyron Smith went to the Cowboys at pick 9, and Blaine Gabbert at pick 10 to the the Jaguars. And then, of course, the Texans took J.J. Watt the pick after that, and the rest is history. But really talented draft class. Wow. Well, come back to us this next hour while we try to make history here. We went on a 20, over a 20-game win streak. Yeah on Bookie Busters, and we look to continue that as well. I know we've teased a few picks, but, hey, we passed on the early games. Not all money or not all good bets is, are good bets. All money is good money to me, so we'll take it. But when we get back, I'll drop a winner. We're going to start. Well, I'll have three throughout this show, so stick with us. It's Moneyline ESPN 97.5. This is 
is Nolan Ryan. You're listening to Houston's best sports talk, ESPN 97.5. <laughs> 